the west coast there and uh, certainly a beach theme involved there, the uh, west coast of uh, Auckland. Out there some some pretty good surfing beaches as well and uh, the World Surf League Championship Tour is coming to a climax very quickly with just one event left to find the top five surfers in both the men's and women's draws who will go on to compete at the lower trestles in California to be named outright champion. The tour schedule has undergone serious renovation post-COVID. The WSL has introduced a, a mid-season cut and new finals event, which means you really have to be surfing at an elite level all year long. And it's also meant that the calendar has been modified, resulting in the famed Pipe Masters starting the season and the heavy conditions in the Tahiti Pro being the penultimate event before the finals in America. Ben Kennings is surfing New Zealand's CEO is a big follower of the WSL, and it's great to speak with him this morning. G'day, Ben. Uh, really uh, crucial and an exciting time for surfing, but I guess you've got one eye on uh, these wildfires uh, in Hawaii as well, such a, a well-known surfing destination. Yeah, uh, morning, Smithy. Um, yeah, pretty tragic news coming out this morning, and I've seen some pretty horrific scenes uh, on TV and on social media, so... Um, fingers crossed everyone is as safe as possible uh, but it, yeah it looks pretty horrible It does uh, surfing will be probably the, the last thing on their mind at the moment but uh, it's what we'd love to talk to you about uh, and your role in particular but um, are you now um, with your knowledge of the World Surf League uh, are you used to this new format and the final series being at Trestles? Yeah absolutely so it's a uh, it's pretty innovative. Um, it certainly gets a lot of people talking. I think uh, from a spectator's point of view, it's created a lot of interest. So the mid-year cut um, creates a bit of hype during the middle of the season, rather than meandering through till the end. And then the final five uh, keeps everyone interested. Certainly in this event uh, coming up um, on the 11th at, at Tahiti. So for the for the athletes, a little bit more challenging. You know, you uh, work your whole life to get onto the world tour and then it can be cut short within the space of four events at the start of the year and you have to start all over again. So athlete's perspective, a little bit harder, but uh, from the spectator's point of view, uh, it makes it exciting all year. Yeah, it's a good point, Ben. Uh, morning, mate. And I guess it adds another dynamic to it all together. I think one thing for the spectators or for the fans, though, that is taking some good getting used to, and I still don't know how I feel about it, is the final event of the year to decide and crown our champions um, surfed at Trestles, which, you know, it's it's got its place and it's a, a historic break for certain reasons, and it, when it's on, it's on, but can be a bit of a tough watch sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, and it favours some athletes, right? So it, it doesn't get mm. um, exceedingly big. Uh, it's not challenging. It's not over a reef, which um, can make a lot more powerful wave. Um, so it does favour uh, some of the guys. And, and you look at Philippe Toledo that won it, it. It's totally in his wheelhouse. So it'll be good to see that move around. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see that event on a left-hander, for example, instead of a predominant right-hander at um, lower trestles. So we'll see what happens next year. And uh, as I understand it, they had a, a three-year contract with the Final Five event um, with the state of California or with the trestles area. So this is the third year it'll be run, and uh, they may make some changes next year. 
Oh, that's really interesting. Look, personally, I'd love to say, see it go back to a heavier wave. Um, I suppose time zones and, and broadcast rights and all of that sort of thing come come into it as well. Um, but yeah, that's curious. And I guess for Chopu tomorrow, um, where the Tahiti Pro is surfed, it's obviously one of the heaviest waves in the world when it's on, and it's one of the highlights of the tour. Have you had a look at the swell maps and, and worked out whether we're looking likely to get some nice conditions for uh, this year's stop? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the conditions are going to be nice, but uh, there's not much size in the swell over the next 12 days. So they're monitoring a couple of storms that may produce, you know, like double overhead waves, which is by Chopu standards um, not huge. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to be one of those amazing Tahiti events that we have seen in the past, which... It's a little unfortunate. Like the the WSL have, have just missed out on a bunch of good swells all year, which has been frustrating. So all the events are in the right season, um, but like sailing or whatever, if you if you don't have the wind, you can't sail, and if you don't have good waves, then the spectacle of surfing is not as good as it could be. Interesting. Okay, can we? Uh can we look at the, the Olympics going forward as well, uh, Ben? Uh, where are we going to surf uh, during the Olympics? What kind of waves are we traditionally looking at in that part of the world for that contest? Yeah, well, um, I guess a, a probably a little known fact is that the Olympics is going to be held in Tahiti, exactly at the same place uh, as the event this week. So uh, while the rest of the world will do the Olympics in Paris, the surfers will be in Tahiti, um, surfing this wave is pretty treacherous. Um, we have two Kiwis qualified, which is amazing. Billy Stearman for the second time and young mm. Sappy Betty from uh, Gisborne. So looking forward to seeing them in action. And then we'll get uh, 10 male surfers after this week's event and eight female surfers, which fill up, I think, about 75% of the draw. And then there's a few more places to be confirmed uh, early next year. So uh, can I just 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 jump in, uh, Louis, before you get going? How how are you going to plan then? I mean, how, I mean, these are freak waves. These could be freak waves or freak conditions as such. How do you prepare for such extreme conditions in a one-off like that? Yeah, um, yeah, too true. It's a unique place. Um, there's no wave that really replicates it around the world. So uh, time in the water in Tahiti is going to be crucial. Um, both of our surfers have been to training camps over there in the last month, which was which were put on by the International Surfing Association. Uh, they'll have another opportunity uh, starting next year as well. So, uh, really, it's time in the water there. Um, the wave in Tahiti uh, probably takes first and foremost um, the guts to paddle into something that's death-defying. Uh, it breaks over water that can be, you know, one and a half, two metres deep. So. Um, and a sharp coral reef um, with tons of water pitching over. So that's that's the first challenge. And the second challenge is really you've got to be able to ride the barrel. And both of our surfers are natural footers, so they'll be on their backhand. So a little bit of surf lingo there. But um, that in itself is a real art. So, <clears throat> for example, uh, last time held in Tahiti, uh, sorry, held in Tokyo at a beach. It was a beach break. You can do all sorts of manoeuvres, what have you. You go to Tahiti, it's about trying to um, make sure you survive the wave and really you're just focusing on backhand barrel riding. 
Yeah, it's a real. I, I find this so interesting, Ben. Like I, I love it. I love the ambition. But what are you hearing as far as the safety element? And and what like how big? What if they? Because I think the event is pretty much a year today, or a little bit earlier. We're we're really close to that Olympics window. What are you hearing about how big they'd surf it? And, you know, what if on the off chance we got one of those? I think going back to April, uh, May this year, we had like 20 foot plus chopper, and like, obviously they're not going to send them out in that. But what if it's, you know, more than double overhead? And especially for the women's draw, are they, are they just going to roll the dice and say, well, look, you've had enough opportunity to try and surf this wave and, and, and get your you know, feet in the water through these camps, so good luck? Or do they have a backup? I mean, would they, would they pull pin? And I, I don't know how many other waves suitable because the broadcasting's so intricate to get pitches out of Chopu as well. The dynamic is very interesting to me. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think there's a lot of questions, to be fair, that have been asked. Um, there's good surf in France, first and foremost, so why they didn't do it there, I'm not too sure. Um, I, I presume it's because of the spectacle of Tahiti and that element of fear and you know massive waves that will um, bring in a big viewing audience, and, and rightly so. Um, if it is big, you know, the, the swells there don't always last you know, two, three, four days. So they will pick um, the eyes out of the good surf and make sure that um, the surfers are as safe as possible. Uh, they'll have um, water safety jet skis right there and the medical teams, they'll have um, helmets available for the surfers as well. Um, but to an extent, it is going to push the boundaries of a lot of surfers. So that's why they run these, they've run these camps already, um, for the surfers that aren't so familiar with the break. Um, and, yeah, I'd look forward to this week watching this event, watching how the females take on Tahiti. It's the second time, I think, in the last couple of years that was well, they've only surfed it twice probably in the last 15 years um, in an event. So that'll be very good to watch how they approach it, and I'm sure we can glean a lot of information from this upcoming yeah. event. Yeah, uh, that's right. And because it's in the same window, I think that's really it's really cool. We, I think everybody that's interested in the surfing at the Olympics should be watching. And just back to the um, the WSL, I, I see that there are a few opportunities on the men's side for some noted barrel riders to clinch their spot in the top five that are just hovering around it. So there's a lot to surf for, Ben. Yeah, 100%. So there's a couple of spots available in that final five. Um, you've got uh, two-time world champion Gabriel Medina knocking on the door of that. Um, also, um, two-time champion John John Florence, probably one of the, well, widely regarded as the best surfer in the world and, and a phenomenal phenomenal surfer at Chopu. He's right there as well in seventh. Um, you've also got, uh, speaking of injuries and the nature of the wave, um, current runner-up Ethan Ewing from Australia, uh, has damaged his back, I think, yesterday. Um, oh. Some pretty bad rumours coming out of Tahiti, so he's out of the event. Um, so not sure what's going to happen there. But you've also got, um, you know, talking about a unique wave, you've got these local surfers from Tahiti that are in the event. Uh, young Kauli Vass, Matea Drolle, um, Himana Bray, and also Fahini Fiera and the females. And, and they'll they'll rival any surfer out there from around the world. So... Um, that'll be something to watch those four wild cards. Mm. 
And I guess Felipe Toledo, uh, I think, as we talked about with Trestles earlier, does, does he have to be your prohibited favourite from here, knowing that he has been able to master big wave barrel riding over the last couple of years, but also in smaller conditions, there's probably no one more dynamic. Yeah, I, I, in terms of the world title this year, you you can't go past him. Um, Trestles suits him to a T. Uh, he has some work to do uh, in the big waves in Tahiti. Um, with this forecast being relatively small, um, he'll do all right. But, um, yeah, come Trestles on the 8th of September, um, he'll be odds-on favourite to win. Uh, ben, uh, how are the Kiwis going around the world at the moment? Where, how are they faring and where are they surfing? Yeah, so we have um, three Kiwis in the second tier. Uh, which is called the Challenger Series. Um, Kihu Butler from Mount Maunganui and Billy Stearman uh, from Raglan, they've just competed at the US Open at Huntington Beach. Um, didn't fare too well. Uh, Kihu Butler finished 33rd and Billy Stearman was behind him. And unfortunately, Paige Harib is injured at the moment. Um, hurt her, I think she had a, a MCL tear um, from May, so... She's out of action, um, but they are our three at the moment trying to knock on the door for the, um, for the World Tour. Okay, uh, we talk about the World uh, Championship as such. What's it worth? What's it worth to win? Ooh, yeah, if you are one of those top surfers, then the endorsements obviously are amazing. Um, if you're competing for prize money, then... You know the the lower level on the world tour are probably pocketing one hundred and fifty thousand, and um, if you're winning the tour, you're uh, winning significantly more. Certainly not in the realms of golf or tennis or those major sports, but um, they'll do they do all right uh, through the prize money and through endorsements. Well, I wonder how far away the, the Saudis are from inventing a wave pool, Ben. Um, uh, maybe it'll be. <laughs> maybe there'll be some staggering Saudi investment into surfing. It could be the next sport we often joke about, which it'll be. Hey, mate, before we let you kick on, I, I wonder if um, becoming an Olympic sport and, and having Billy two time now going to be heading back there, and it's obviously the surfing's profile has grown because of it. Has it helped you get more funding and more support for your athletes? Yeah, certainly. So um, we're now part of uh, High Performance Sport NZ's program as an aspirational sport. So we get some really good support there. Um, and then it's really up to us to, to leverage those opportunities, you know, that Olympic opportunity. Um, with the NZOC, we get Olympic solidarity funding as well, which has been good. And yeah, generally we're more in the spotlight. So that gives us chances to improve our profile through events and for our athletes, which is the most important thing. Yeah, that's good to hear, mate. Hey, um, we'll let you crack on. It's been pretty cold, so as you said to me yesterday, you just trade the, the water for the mountains, but there would have been some uh, hardy Kiwis surfing through winter, so uh, good on them. Good on you, Ben. Great to catch up, and I think everybody should watch Tahiti uh, Chopu this week. It's going to be, even if it's not massive, massive, it's still a, a great read ahead of the Olympics. So nice to chat, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show, guys. Appreciate it.